The thoughts, views, beliefs, and opinions expressed in this program are not necessarily those of our affiliate networks. Hey, buddy. How you doing? You're looking chunky as ever. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's been like three weeks, man. I, I've, got, oh. I've got all this bottled up inside. Oh, okay. I thought you were telling me I look fat or something. No. Oh, okay. The camera adds 15, 20 pounds. Sure it does. On your side. <laughs> okay. All right, hang on one second. Um, what is Jamie trying to tell me here? Your dildo came in. Uh, yeah, she just wanted to... to uh, oh, hang on. Was it your dildo? Wait, what? <laughs> to episode 14 of the Shadow Initiative with paranormal authors and investigators Stephen Lancaster and myself, Rick Hale. Steve, how you doing this week, buddy? I'm great, man. I am glad to be back in the saddle. It seems I like... Fantastic. I mean, we've both been so busy with stuff going on, holidays, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, you guys want to blame anybody? Blame that little bastard, the Easter Bunny. Okay? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's weird because it's like... I, I am not a religious person, and I know that you're not a religious person either. So Easter is one of those that really just had, doesn't have a lot of um, pull with me. So one day my wife is like, you know next Sunday's Easter, right? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, we have family and stuff like that that comes over. And it's just it's it's totally a non-religious kind of family gathering. But, yeah, I completely forgot about it. Yeah, I mean, for me, Easter... I just pass over. <laughs> I saw what you did there. <laughs> hey guys, it's been a while. Expect the jokes, okay? That that is a that is the first dad joke of uh, of episode fourteen. But we've we've had a lot going on. We we appreciate your patience. We appreciate our Facebook page going through the roof. Yes. Um, our our episode thirteen did really well. Whatever we did, guys, tell us so we can keep doing it. Rick's got stuff in the works with a new book. I'm mm-hmm. working on some stuff for TV, so and you guys will hear all about that as it progresses from Rick, from me, all that, all that kind of stuff. But what what do we got for episode 14, Rick? Well, we've got some really great stuff. Um, first off, we're going to be doing for Ghost Watch. I'm going to be doing the Joshua Ward House in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, yeah, as anybody knows, you know Salem Witch Trials was probably like our one of our first great american stains on on the american landscape and uh joshua wardhouse a lot of what happened in uh in uh, salem massachusetts happened there so we're going to be exploring that with ghost watch and we're going to be taking a look at a article that i found that came out of wales in the united kingdom that talks about trespassing now you know steven you and i were always talking about um professionalism Mm -hmm. and ethics 
and there is a real serious problem with um, people trespassing in paranormal land, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. And uh, so, you know, Steve, you have a piece of evidence that you want to show. Why don't you preview that for some fun? Yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about, you know, you guys, you, you see on TV a lot um, and, and you've, you've heard it from us because I'm an equipment guy. Um, you know, the ghost hunters, the researchers using all of this equipment. Um, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of become a fad, um, but, but you don't always need it. And that's right. what we're going to talk about tonight in a segment. And I'm going to show you evidence of that um, from an investigation I did in 2009. I think this was the third or fourth time I was there. Um, the, the investigation was known as the Music House, and you will see exactly why. But, but it's a case where the ghost communicated through the piano, not any of the equipment I had there. Now, of course, my camera documented it, thank God. But it wasn't some $30,000 camera, and it wasn't some you know, thousand or $100 EMF meter or anything like that. So we're going to talk yeah. about that, too. Um, that you don't always need that kind of stuff. And some of the best experiences you can have are without it. You know, you got to think about the, the person who, the, the reason you're there to begin with is because a client got a hold of you with a concern, and they don't use any of this stuff. So you, it's like Rick and I have talked about many times. You have to put yourself in the client's shoes. You have to be the client to experience what the client experienced. So we'll be talking about that, and uh, I think we'll start things off when we come back with Rick's Paranormal News, because this trespassing thing... It's a big issue and has been for a very long time when it comes to the field of paranormal research. And not only right. overseas, but here in the United States, it, it, it's resulted in some, um, some really bad things, um, negative views on paranormal investigators, places being shut out completely to paranormal investigators because of assholes like this. Um, but you guys, check and, out... And rightly so. And rightfully so. But you guys, yeah. check out this commercial. You're at episode 14 of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV with Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. We come back, we're going to start you off with the paranormal news and trespassing for what? So you guys stick around. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. And welcome back to episode 14 of the Shadow Initiative with Stephen Lancaster and myself, Rick Hale. So, you know, Stephen, you and I, we, we try to really stress on this show um, ideas of professionalism and safety and um, ethical behavior because it really does seem to be lacking with a um, small subset of mm -hmm. the paranormal community. You know, things that we, you know, people that we would call thrill seekers, not so much um professional ghost hunters or parapsychologists it's more of the thrill seekers well you know this kind of thing doesn't just happen here in the united states it also happens over in the united kingdom where the uh, where organized paranormal research and investigation has been going on since at least 1862 
Now, as we all know, in England, there is absolutely no shortage of haunted places. So this actually comes to us from Wales, and the headline reads, Ghost Hunters Warned to Stay Away from Haunted Asylum for Their Own Safety. Owners of Pool Park, Robert Holmes, are warning paranormal investigators to stay away for their own safety. So I'm just kind of going to, you know, read a little bit of the article. I'm not going to read the whole thing because that's going to take too much time. So it goes on to say that ghost hunters have been warned to stay away from a haunted North Wales asylum over fears the building is dangerous. Paranormal investigators have made several visits to Pool Park in Ruthen this month after experiencing unexplained noises and shadowy figures inside the building. The Spirit Walkers, which is the name of the group, claimed to have also witnessed stones being thrown while one investigator was said to have developed random bruising to his face. But owners, Robert Holmes, say the 200-year-old manor house is not safe to visit and are now warning ghost hunters to stay away for their own safety. So here we have a situation. This is a 200-year-old building that is basically, it is falling down on itself. And it's seen some rough times over the years. It's a, it, it's, it's a former asylum. So this is not so much a um, an issue of trespassing because, but they do have trespassers that go in here. It's also a safety issue as well. I mean, this guy is telling people stay away, it's not safe. And if you come in where the, you know, the uh, trespassing part of it comes in, we're gonna have you arrested. Now, you know, Stephen, trespassing is a huge problem in what I like to call paranormal land. It's kind of like my umbrella term for everything in this. Um, this idea of, of trespassing and safety, where do you think that people get this kind of thing from? I, I, don't, I don't understand the logic behind it. I, I, I think a lot of it is just carelessness and mm -hmm. selfishness. Um, we had, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Fort Fisher. Um, no. Well-known haunted location here in the Carolinas. And uh, they were very open, extremely open to having paranormal investigations there. I've investigated the location myself. Okay. And all it took was a paranormal team to break into Fort Fisher, completely trash the place. They had beer cans everywhere, just all kinds of litter. So they... they they were partying paranormal style. So, okay, you know, you and I talked about this before the show. You know, yeah. what kind of credibility are you going to have, first off, being drunk? Who's going to mm -hmm. believe anything you, you even say? You can't even think right, okay, to, to be conducting a professional investigation. Sure. Secondly, you're trespassing. Let's say you found the, you, you filmed the Holy Grail. Uh, of the paranormal. You got a full-bodied apparition on film. What are you going to do? You're going to release it? You know, that that's a mission of guilt. You know, you're re right. releasing the proof that you trespassed. You know, so I don't understand the, the logic. You're, you're, you're breaking the law. Not only that, you're putting other people's um, livelihood at jeopardy. Because, because like the asylum, if you were to break in there, and, and the way things work, unfortunately, you know, if you were to break in there and get hurt, there's a lawsuit. 
Oh yeah, and that person, that, that person that warned you and told you not to go there loses out, and that affects their life because you broke the law. Right. You know, right. And, and again, you know, just just to sum up my side of it, that that it it just is a lack of professionalism. Like who is go, who in the research community is even going to take you seriously, even if you did find something extraordinary? And unfortunately, it gets these places shut down, like Fort Fisher. They do not allow paranormal investigation of any kind now because of that particular group yeah you know i think a lot of i think some of this actually stems from the paranormal tv shows that we have um you see uh tv shows like uh zach and ghost adventures they're going into these you know potentially dangerous places um where somebody could get hurt and you know allegedly you know there's the places crawling with demons but what the people at home don't understand is they have members of their of their production team that go in there sanitize the place make sure that it's safe for their stars to go in there mm-hmm. we on the outside of of the of the paranormal reality tv we don't have that luxury so when you're going into these places you're taking your safety uh, you and you're putting yourself at risk, and you're putting the place, the people that own it, at risk as well. There's a place out here in um, in northern Illinois in Gurney. It's a uh, old St. Pat Cemetery in Wadsworth, Illinois, and not only is the cemetery itself haunted, but outside of the gates there is this huge field that's back there, and this place is supposed to be even more so haunted and with some very, very unfriendly spirits. And the people that own this field have told people, if you come back here and you're caught, we will shoot you. So you have got to be careful. You have got to think intelligently about this. If people don't want you there, don't go there. There are plenty of haunted places in this world where you can go and and that you are welcome. Just don't mess it up for the rest of us. And there, there, there were stories in the past. I'm sure you remember of ghost hunters dying. Yeah. Yeah. What was the one? Um, I can't remember how long ago it was, but it's fresh on my mind for some reason. Where they went in, and I believe the the individual was breathing something off of rat shit or something yeah. like that, and it killed him. I remember that. And there was also the other one where the guy was uh, hit by a train. Yeah. Yeah, and the train came through because, you know, there was a haunted train that was uh, supposedly on the tracks, and he found out the hard way that this was not a ghostly train by any means, but a very real train that killed him. And it, it does happen, unfortunately. I mean, you know, not only could you possibly be in danger from, say, an entity of some kind, but some things that are very much real world. You never really know what it is that you're going to be dealing with, and that's why it's always best to be smart. Well, that, and you know, un- unfortunately, there are those people out there who just have no respect for anything. And, and there, mm-hmm. there are those assholes that will film the location that they've broke into and show it on their YouTube page. Or the, you know, the, the Danny guy we talked about uh, um, weeks ago, a month ago or so, he's that guy. You know, he yeah. does not care. There's no respect for anything. You know, like we talked when we did that episode on, on him. He, he's been known to break into locations and trespass. 
And see, what, what respect do you think you're getting? What contribution to science are you offering here by doing that? Yeah. None. Or even, you know, even the contribution to humanity as a whole. I, I see this more as being um, a contribution to humanity rather than one, you know, being scientific. I know that that's going to be a very unpopular opinion with some people. But, um, I mean, this is, this is something that affects everyone um, on, a, on a very social level very human level so yeah you're really not adding or you're not adding anything you're actually taking away more than anything else i i agree and you know for people like rick and i we take it personally because we already have the tv shows working against us and paint right. and painting paranormal research in the wrong light and then to have people trespassing on these locations and just destroying any future credible research we don't need that stuff. Yeah, we, and we you know, right? And recently, you you do have a lot of places that have been saying, you know what, we're done. We're not going to allow you to um, come in here and do any kind of filming and do any kind of investigation. In the town of Volo, which is not far from where I live, we have the uh, Volo Auto Museum, which is another place that is extraordinarily haunted. I've been in there a couple of times as just somebody looking at you know the artifacts and and the cars and all that. But Ghost Lab, that television show from the Kling Brothers, was in there, you know, 10 years ago or so. And when they left, they don't allow investigators in there anymore. And I've heard rumors that because they damaged cars and didn't tell them about it, so that's why they were like, you know, we're, now, we're no longer going in there. That's just a rumor. I don't know if, that's, if there's any truth to that. But what I do know is, is that after they left, they no longer allow people like us in there. Yeah. Well, with that being said, let's, let's take a break. When we come back, guys, we're going to talk about a ghost who used a piano to communicate during an I investigation. Can't wait to see this. The investigation known as the Music House. So, you guys, stick around. Hey, my friends, check out my good friend Chris Beck and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman 2, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art. Welcome back, guys, to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Television with Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. We are here on episode 14, and we're about to talk about, um, we're not going to dwell on it, but you don't always need all, all the bells and whistles and all the tools of paranormal research to get spiritual communication. After all, right. your average person, your average Joe paranormal out there doesn't have all that stuff when they when they experienced what they did now now there's a location I researched abundantly um, if you've read my first book it is the second to the largest chapter in that book because I kept going back um, it was dubbed the music house this was an old tobacco barn that got uh, was converted into a house mm -hmm. and the client came to me and said that she believed the place to be haunted and everything revolved around music 
Now I could go on all day, but let me tell you, every piece of evidence that I got in that place did revolve around music. So, um, in this particular clip that I'm going to show you, uh, I was in and out of that place with other investigators. There were nights I was just there by myself. This night in particular, I was there by myself. And you're going to hear the piano seemingly without intervention uh, make notes, you know, like somebody's hit a key. And you can vividly and clearly see on the screen that there's, you know, a key isn't being hit. Now, before we get to the video, that wasn't the only time that night it happened. I'm just trying to keep the video short. Um, I was upstairs at one time and I heard pinging on the piano downstairs. You know, and I came down and there's pinging again. This is just one time that, that, that I'm showing you. Another thing that I've cut from this video, because um, I'm just going to say it now, is this was the summer. And I actually say in the video that humidity is really high in the Carolinas. This was in Little River, South Carolina. And an acoustic piano is made of wood. Humidity causes wood to shift, expand, that kind of thing. Could have easily, maybe once, maybe twice, made the strings move and made our pinging sound. But this was constantly happening. So, but I do say that that is a possibility. Now, what you'll see is me walking back into the room. Listen carefully, guys. You'll hear a ping, like a higher note on the keyboard. You'll hear me talk about it. And as I'm talking again, it pings again. Then you'll hear a third ping. Now, what's interesting is really watch at that third ping. I've even got the convenient, infamous arrow pointing. I did not see it at the time, but there is a transparent shadow that actually comes down onto that keyboard at the same time that that final note is heard. Now, it wasn't until I was reviewing the evidence, sitting there watching the video, that I saw that shadow. So at the time I'm filming it, I'm looking around, I didn't actually see it. And as I explained to Rick, I had a flashlight on, you know, a light on top of the camera. So if it was a shadow that I created, I would have had to, to go like this. And then, then with that being said, you have to think about um, how things work to scale. If, mm -hmm. if As close as I am to that piano, if I were to have went like this in front of that light, it would have, the, the shadow would have been huge. Where this looks yeah. like somebody walks over and just touches the damn note. So you guys check out this clip. You'll see the shadow part especially looped a few times. Not some big special piece of equipment, just an old acoustic piano that I was prompting by asking questions prior to this clip. Um, you know, is there any way you can communicate with me? Do you like the piano? Um, one of the things the client said to me is every time she would play the piano, she would feel like somebody walk up behind her and put their hands on her shoulders. So the spirit there is benign. It just loves music, and that's how it communicates. So you guys, check this out. When we come back, Rick's going to give his opinion on it. It's, it's definitely different being in here by yourself. There's no doubt about it. No doubt in my mind. Now, it sounded like the piano just played it.
Interesting. All right, guys, you just checked out the uh, the clip that was 12 years old, 12, 12 years ago. Um, what do you think, Rick? Well, you know, of course, there's always the concern of, of there being, um, you know, a shadow cast by one of by yourself or by one of your team members. I mean, that happens, mm -hmm. you know, quite often. But I think you had a really good explanation as to why you don't think that that's what it was. But there are two things about the piano. First off, you know, I just want to speak to what you said before that, you know, you're right. You don't need all that big expensive stuff. You can hunt ghosts for a fraction of the price. Um, you don't need all that equipment that, that they use because you just frankly can't afford all that, that equipment they use on TV. Most people can't. The mere mortal can't. Um, secondly, now, spirits, ghosts, spooks, whatever you, you know, want to call them, they, um, they do need very simple things in order to communicate because not all ghosts are, you know, they have the, not, not all of them have the energy to be able to manifest themselves fully so you could see them. So they do need to use little things like that in order to um, communicate. Secondly, the, the thing that I find concerning about this is how do we know that there wasn't a mouse in pianos? I've, I've known people who have had pianos in their homes um, I've done investigations in homes with people with pianos and like, well, something's pinging the piano and it's like you, you open it up and it's like, sure enough, they got a couple mice living in there. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, the mice gets a, the mouse gets a, uh, a foot caught and it makes like a pinging noise. Um, so that does happen. Did you guys, you know, take a look at that to find out whether or not there was a mouse or mice living in this piano? I can't, I, I would have to watch that entire night again um to see if i did it that night we did I, I do remember opening up the top of that spinet uh piano um mm -hmm. and looking in there before i just can't remember if it was that particular night um i'd have to watch the entire thing again and and if it was just that isolated piece the, the right. three little pings in the shadow that could be coincidence mm -hmm. you know uh I, I probably wouldn't look too much into it, but when, when I couple that with the many other investigations there before and after, and, and, and the different levels of communication in that house, to doors shutting, um, an instant comes to mind with a camera that I'd actually set on the coffee table in full view with me and Alan working that particular night, and the entity used the camera. Mm -hmm. It would power it on and power it off in response to our questions right you know i could see a camera going off if it's about to go dead but coming back on yeah <laughs> you know well, that's I, different yeah i mean i would say you know taking all of that into consideration that it's not just this one isolated incident but it's many different things you know i would say that yeah i mean it's it's a possibility that um something not of this natural world may have manipulated that piano in some way um given that everything else that happens there yeah it, it's it's an interesting case and i and i wanted to share it i, I there there are so many video files i have of, of that of similar things being used that that wasn't a piece yeah. of equipment you know that is undying undeniably like okay 
no human being did that, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. But you no guys, human being stack books like right. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice quote. Um, you guys, leave us your opinion. Hit us up at facebook.com slash TV or do it right here on YouTube. Uh, wherever. We'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, links are on the screen. You can join our group too. When we come back, Rick is taking us back into Ghost Watch. It's been weeks before we've got to watch the ghost. And he's taking us to the David Lee Roth house this episode. <laughs> and now what it was? The, the Joshua Ward house is... The Joshua Ward house. However, close. however, that that not even close, but that would be really awesome. I don't I know. Bet, <laughs> I, I, I bet his apartment in 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 Brooklyn or whatever <laughs> looks great. Yeah, probably a lot of tiger stripes. Easily. Easily. But you guys, check out this commercial when we come back. We're hitting you with Ghost Watch. So stick around. Check out the One Step Closer to Madness Network for paranormal podcasts, conspiracies, horror, and more. Like them on Facebook at facebook.com slash one step closer to madness. Hey, welcome back to the 14th episode of the Shadow Initiative with Stephen and Rick. And today in Ghost Watch, we're going to the Joshua Ward House in Salem, Massachusetts. In February of 1692, fear and hysteria gripped the small colonial village of Salem, Massachusetts in an iron-fisted grip. A group of young girls from the most prestigious families pointed a finger and uttered a word that would bring swift condemnation, and that word was witch. For 16 months between the first accusations in May 1693, the citizens of Salem were convinced the devil was in their midst. They feared he was working through their friends, neighbors, and even beloved family members. As far as everyone was concerned, anyone could be in league with Lucifer and no one could be trusted. When the hysteria finally came to an end, 20 members of the community were dead, 19 were hanged, and one was crushed to death, and all because old world superstitions were still very much alive, even in this new world. The Salem Witch Trials, as we call them today, is a tragic episode in the history of the United States. These allegations and executions of innocent people has not only left a black stain on our nation, but a psychic scar as well. Today, Salem, Massachusetts has embraced this history and turned their town into a much-loved tourist destination. Nevertheless, that scar has remained on the town and has resulted in its many buildings being haunted by the ghosts of its horrific past. And no building bears that scar quite as much as the Joshua Ward House. Built in 1784, the Joshua Ward House is the namesake of its builder, wealthy sea merchant Joshua Ward. At the time, the Federal-style house enjoyed quite a bit of notoriety, as it was the first house in the region built entirely out of brick. The house had become so well-known, George Washington, 
first president of the United States, insisted he stay in the, the night upon visiting in 1789. His historic visit is memorialized with a plaster bust of the president resting silently in a second story window. Although the house was built in 1784, the hauntings said to occur there are in no way related to Ward and are a much earlier vintage. A century earlier, a much different house stood on the land, a house that played an important role in the witch trials. The house belonged to George Corwin, the High Sheriff of Salem, a man who seemed to delight in cruelty and torture. George Corwin was a man who was well suited to play the role of High Inquisitor of sorts. He was well connected, having uncles and a father-in-law who served as justices. Corwin had a bit of a cruel streak and took pleasure in forcing confessions from the accused. One un unsubstantiated claim has Corwin imprisoning accused witches in his basement and torturing them until they confess. One accused woman, Sarah Good, famously cursed Corwin by saying, You are a liar. I am no more a witch than you are a wizard. And if you take my life, God will give you blood to drink. Good's curse eventually struck home when George Corwin perished in his home, struck down by a massive heart attack in 1696. Since the death of George Corwin, the Joshua Ward House has seen many different owners. In the 19th century, the house was converted into a hotel, but for some reason, the hotel didn't last long. The house sat empty for over a century and was slated to be raised to the ground in the 1970s. Thankfully, the Salem Historical Society convinced the town of the house's significance and it was saved from the wrecking ball. Currently, the Ward House is home to several business businesses, including a, real, a realty company. According to the employees of the businesses, something dark and sinister roams the halls and rooms of this historic home. When you consider the history of the home and the cruel and human monster that once resided there, it should come as no surprise that vengeful wraiths from an era best left in the distant past haunts the Joshua Ward House, and they have no problem making themselves known. Our first restless soul that inhabits the house is none other than the High Sheriff himself, George Corwin, or as eyewitnesses call him, the Strangler. The ghost of Corwin has given, was given this sinister name because of his practice of strangling accused witches into submission. It would seem that Corwin still engages in his enhanced interrogation practices long after his death. Over the years, several unsuspecting victims have complained of being seized by their necks by rough, strong hands. One poor soul who was working late found themselves almost strangled at the point of passing out. When he managed to break free from the grasp of the unseen assailant, he fled the house in terror. Of all the executions George Corwin presided over, none was more famous than the execution of Giles Corey. Corey was an elderly farmer who was arrested on accusation of witchcraft after his wife was arrested. When he refused to enter a plea of not guilty or guilty, Giles Corey was subjected to an archaic punishment that had never been used in the New World called pressing. As he lay dying under the rocks piled on top of him, Corey managed to yell out, more stones. George Corwin, of course, was all too happy to oblige. The high sheriff piled the stones on the old man until he breathed his last torturous breath. 
The ghost of Giles Corey is believed to be behind the majority of the supernatural happenings in the house. While rarely seen, Giles Corey takes delight in knocking pictures off the wall and books off shelves. He also seems to have the ability to melt candles without igniting their wicks. Workers in the office have reported the dreadful feeling of being watched as they work, and a chilly breeze believed to be Corey blows through the offices even on hot days. Lastly, a third spirit said to haunt the Joshua Ward house is believed to be a woman George Cor Corwin sent to the gallows to hang till she was dead. The witch, as she is called, has been encountered on the top floor of the house. When she appears, she is said to have hair as black as night that falls over a pale, gaunt face and a dress covered in filth, a truly terrifying specter to behold. During a company party in the realty office, an employee took a picture of a co-worker and got the shock of his life. When he had the film developed, in place of his co-worker was the nightmarish image of an emaciated woman in long black hair. If they didn't believe in ghosts then, I'm sure they do now. The Joshua Corwin House is currently closed to the public and visitors looking for ghosts are immediately but politely turned away. Nevertheless, this has not stopped the stories of ghosts filtering out from behind its cold brick walls. Perhaps one day, they'll allow curiosity seekers to explore this famously haunted house. But I wouldn't hold my breath. I'm Rick Hale, and this has been Ghostwatch. Hold my breath. <laughs> you know, hey, have you have you ever seen the picture of of the witch that they call it? I, I suggest anybody to look this up, and it really is quite possibly one of the most terrifying ghost that ghost pictures that you will ever see. Really? Well, we yeah. had it we had it on the screen for everybody to see, Rick. Mm. Okay, good. Because so I, I do my research. You do. Yes, you do. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I can't see what's going on in the screen while I read. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, somebody <laughs> somebody sent this to me after this was um, after, after this was released. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a very, very uh, scary photograph. And it's funny that you were talking earlier about um, books that we are working on and things that we have in the works. And I just wanted to announce that I am going to be taking all of the of the ghost articles that I have written of ghost poltergeist and haunted places and compiling it into a book and it will be released as a ghost watch book probably will not be released until next year so you'll be reading ghost watch so you'll be watching your book yes there you go you know, I've decided I, I'm gonna do a segment called monster watch Okay. <laughs> no, not really. We already do Creature of the Week. Yeah, we already do Creature of the Week, yeah. <laughs> Monster Watch. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I, once you started rolling with that story, I've, I've heard that story before. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, Corby, is that what, you, what was his name? Corbell? Corby? Giles Corey? Corey, or yeah. George, or George Corwin. That one, Corwin. That, yeah. that name oh, I've heard yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, he was quite the tyrant and uh 
you know, historically, you know, I'm, historically he's known as he's known as being quite the tyrant. But you, you never really know. I mean, maybe he was a nice guy, but he just kind of was one of those people that got caught up in the hysteria and was used as the mighty hand of God, I guess, to uh, punish these people that he thought were, were ghosts. I, I'm, I'm sorry, witches. Um, do I believe in, in real witches? Yeah, I've actually known a few. And uh, they are not the evil beings that people think no. that they are. They're actually very kind-hearted people who are out to do good. Um, just very misunderstood. Same with voodoo. Voodoo is another one that is extraordinarily misunderstood. Depends. Depends. I mean, there, there, there are people who <laughs> who take it a step further. Let's just let's just say you're you're, you're always going to have people that take it a step further. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you do with boring me each week. It's mm-hmm. Always a step further. It gets always longer and longer. Golly. Well, look, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have a super special segment for you guys to check out. So don't go anywhere. A super special segment? Yeah, let's figure out what we could do. <laughs> what would be a super special segment? Oh, no, we're, so running, we're running short. We're running at about yeah. 40 minutes right now. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that that's okay, but... Oh, God. Um, super special... Well, when you put it like that, we better come up with something that's, like, really, really oh, amazing. I mean, we've been oh, gone no. for weeks. We've got to give them something. Yeah, really. Um... And I can't, I can't, I can't continue to carry the show. No, no, I know that. Uh, uh, you acknowledge it, you know. What would be special, Rick? I got nothing. <laughs> Welcome back, guys to a very special segment because most of the time we're talking the paranormal. I mean, we, we do get off topic every once in a while, you know, making fun of each other. But, you know, we're very excited, and you probably noticed the t-shirt, the new Ghostbusters movie is coming out. Oh, my God. November I, 11th. I, I feel like I have been waiting forever for this movie to come out. I mean, at least since 1989. So... 30 years for this for this film to finally come out uh, you know we, we, we were talking about you know about this earlier uh, and um the one that came out in 2016 it, it was just oh my god it was so it was so bad and it was such a waste of very very talented funny people and um just the writing was horrible but this i, I mean if anybody has can can we show the uh trailer yeah, we can do that. We can. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm going to talk about the trailer, for instance. You know, I personally, I like Paul Rudd. I think he's a really good actor. But it's the the mystery involved is is who are these kids in this movie? Now, are they? They talk about their grandfather. So, is it Vinkman's grandkids? Is it Spangler's grandkids? I mean, who, whose grandkids are they? Well, the, the I'm thing... I'm going with Spangler personally. If you go with the true story of Dan Aykroyd, who grew up on a haunted farm, right. thus sparking his interest in the paranormal, it would make sense it was him. 
But if you yeah. go by all of these subtle little callbacks and clues in the trailer, when they find that hidden room, you see Spangler's name on one of the uniforms. Yeah. Okay, and also laid out on one of the tables are those round little Petri dishes mm -hmm. that Spangler would, you know, remember he had Vakeman get the mucus put in there, you know. So it, it all points to him. It all points to yeah. him, and the kid even looks geeky. Oh, yeah, both of them do. It's, but, but the girl, you know, she's got the black hair. They both have the yeah. black hair. But she's got the glasses, and she seems to have a very uh, serious attitude about her. So... You know, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be any one of, it could be, you know, any, anybody's grandkids. But I'm definitely going, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with Spangler on that. I think that they're Spangler's grandkids. If you guys are fans of Ghostbusters, check out the trailer. It's coming out November 11th. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this upcoming movie, Ghostbusters in general. So check this guy, check this guy, just check it out. That's all, folks. What are you doing here in Somerville, anyway? Honestly, my mom won't say it, but we're completely broke. And the only thing that's left in our name is this creepy old farmhouse our grandfather left us in the middle of nowhere. Why'd you bring me up here? Entertainment value. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Somehow, a town that isn't anywhere near a tectonic plate, that has no fault lines, no fracking, no loud music even, is shaking on a daily basis. Under the dining table now! Hey, remember that one summer we died under a table? I found it in my living room. Whoa, killer replica. A replica of what? A ghost trap? hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. New York in the 80s, it's like The Walking Dead. Your dad never mentioned this to you? It's just my mom. My grandfather died. My mom says we're just here to pick through the rubble of his life. Alright, you guys just checked out the new trailer for the Ghostbusters movie. Thank God it's not like Ghostbusters 2016, like Rick said. Oh. You know, they could that movie would have been successful. Would have been that movie could have been good. It would have been very successful if they wouldn't have called it Ghostbusters. Yeah. Instead, they insulted those women 
by thinking the, that the women needed that franchise to carry it and to be successful. Mm -hmm. They should have started some new kind of franchise, new new kind of ghost-busting show or movie, whatever, with the women and just had it as their own thing, but they didn't have faith that they could carry it. It would have been fine. Yeah. But it was set up to fail. It yeah. was set up to fail. It, it was almost as if they were either trying to fulfill a contract or somebody lost a bet. I don't know. But, you know, viewing this um, this new trailer, I, I'm, I'm like, uh, I was automatically excited when I first saw it, mm -hmm. when it came out. I think it was last year. But unfortunately, it got pushed back because of COVID-19, which, as we all know, COVID-19 has sucked for everyone. But... um. What I like about this new one is I like the tiny little Stay Puffed Marshmallow Men. It's it's like it, it seems that that nowadays they have to bring like some kind of cutesy little thing into it. Like we had Baby Yoda, and we had the Porgs from the new Star Wars movie, and now we're gonna have Baby Stay Puffed. So I'm thinking that that's probably going to be the next big toy item, uh, Christmas of 2021, after that movie comes out. Well, but you, yeah, I, re I really like that scene. You have to watch that trailer over and over to catch every little thing. Slimer's in it. It's brief, but he's mm -hmm. in it. You know, the, yeah. the, the uh, terror dog is mm -hmm. in it. You know, you see his foot come down on top of uh, a vehicle, Ecto-1 or something like that. You know, so my theory is the containment unit from New York got moved to this farm. And, yeah. and somehow... It gets unleashed again, so all of the old haunts are, are there as well, you know, as well as yeah. new haunts. And, and um, like, they, like there's a shot of the mine uh, that they're going to. And, and I, the name escapes me right now, but it's the same name as the architect who designed the building that Dana Barrett lived in. You know, the, mm -hmm. doing the rituals and stuff. So there's so many callbacks. And I like how they brought the horror element back into it. The, right. pro the problem with the 2016 is they went too cartoony. Yeah. It was like Goosebumps meets Scooby-Doo. You know, where uh, the first Ghostbusters was a fair. horror movie. Yeah. It was a horror movie. I mean, I can remember being frightened as can be as a kid when them hands all came up on Dana and sucked her into the, the kitchen. You, you know, know it's I mean? funny because it's like when that movie came out, I had already been interested in the paranormal for about about two or three years when that movie came out. So it was like, I was prepared to see that movie and I thought that it, I was not scared by it. Cause it's like, I had already seen a ghost. I've already experienced uh, the supernatural. So it's like, I was prepared for it. And I, I just, I'm, I'm a huge fan even to this day. Oh, same here, same here. And, and I just love the fact that it's rooted in reality. That Dan Aykroyd is obsessed with the paranormal. He's a paranormal mm -hmm. researcher. He's had his own real experiences. And that's what ultimately triggered the Ghostbusters. Well, his father was was a uh, was a lifelong researcher and investigator. Is considered one of the most respected uh, psychical researchers in Canada, or was. And um, so it's like he, this was a guy who was grounded in the work and presented it in in, in a comical way. Now we know the original cast is is back in it. And of course, yes. they are sandbagging any kind of scene that, with those guys. You know, the only thing we got, we got a little, little voiceover of Peter Vakeman. Yeah. If you caught that, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, they they uh, they have to embrace the fact these guys are old now. You mm -hmm. know, 
but I'm just wondering how they and at are least gonna, one of them is dead. Yeah, the, how they are going to play into you know I don't think they're going to have a huge part in the movie. I think they're all going to be ghosts. Personally, maybe. maybe. I I don't think I would go that far. I don't, I don't think I'd go mm -hmm. that far. Um, but I, I just think it's going to be more of passing the torch. And and kind of teaching, taking these uh, more of the mentor role, is what I think. But but we'll see. It it's gonna be awesome. No, I I, I cannot wait to see this movie. I mean, you know, I I admit I liked both of the original ones. Um, the second one was great. Yeah, I, I a lot of people, you know, they they talked down on the second one, but I liked it. Yeah, I, I, had I did no, too. It was different. You know, I had no issue with it. But you know, and, and but but here's what I can't wait to see because you know it's going to happen. It happens in any kind of fandom. You are going to get people who are going to see this movie, and they are just going to lambaste it oh, all yeah. over the internet. Oh, yeah. Talk about how terrible it was. But it's like I don't know. I mean, I think that this is this movie is going to have some solid people that are in that are in these roles, and I think it's going to um, not try to retell the story like it did in the 2016, but it's going to continue the story. And I think that's what's going to make it great. Yeah, and and you, you can you got to look at the source of people complaining too, because I remember when the trailer dropped for the new Ghostbusters mm -hmm. film, that all these people saying, "Oh, the, the Ghostbusters is just ripping off Stranger Things." Uh, no, Stranger Things ripped off <laughs> Ghostbusters. You know, yeah. now Ghostbusters is just taking it back. You know, Stranger mm -hmm. Things is nothing but ripping off '80s nostalgia. That's well, Stranger it. Things, yeah. I mean, I, I I told I told you know people when I first got I love Stranger Things when I first started watching it. Oh yeah. I'm like it's sort of like Ghostbusters meets the Goonies. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I describe yeah. it too. And they even have them dress as the Ghostbusters, and they even have Sean Astin in 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 the series. You know, who was Mikey yeah. in the Goonies? You know. Yeah. It's an awesome show. I, I love the, the, the 80s nostalgia movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so fantastic. And, and it, it sparked... It's it's really sparked a lot of... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, bringing, bringing back these these shows and movies. I mean, right. I mean, look at, you know, revisiting, you know, a little more recent, but like them doing another Bad Boys, you know, at, mm -hmm. at an old age. You, you know, just Indiana Jones... You know, just they're talking to Goonies too, you know. So and here's Ghostbusters now, you know. So I, I like this idea of kind of seeing it, kind of for a generation. It kind of finishes out a story. Yeah, and you know, and and really, I mean, when it comes to being nostalgic, nobody is more nostalgic than Gen Xers like us. Right. You know, we we uh, we thrive on nostalgia. So yeah, I mean it, it's definitely it, it's great seeing these uh, you know it, you know '80s uh, things coming back. You know you watch like the Goldbergs and and that kind of thing. And there there are so many that they could do. You know I always thought you could take a, and do another Ferris Bueller with with, mm -hmm. with with Matthew Broderick, except this time he's called off of work. <laughs> you know, as an adult, he's called off yeah. of work, and, and he's got his boss now hunting him down. You know, knowing that he's full of shit. You know. Just, they're doing another Beverly Hills Cop, you know? Oh, no way. Are you serious? Yep, Beverly Hills Cop 4. Oh, man, I love the Beverly Hills Cop I movies. Those are great. So that's cool, you know? So, hey, we got a lot. You know, we have uh, us who thrive and love nostalgia. We have got we got a lot to look forward to coming up. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not overly obsessed with it. I mean, I, it's not, not like I have a whole room full of stuff or anything like that. Oh, no, not you. I don't want to give people the wrong impression. But, but there you guys go. You got a little special movie talk with Rick and Steven today. We typically don't do that. No, we don't. Because I can, but... I can flash back to the Ann Massey episode when Rick's giving me shit for trying to talk about Star Wars. And Anne kept making hey, references to Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I mean, you know, hey, I'm like the one of the biggest Star Wars fans of all time. So yeah, dig it. Yeah, that's cool. But you, you're you seriously just you need an intervention, man. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, man. It's a safe space here, Stephen. We love you. Hey, could, there there could be worse addictions. That's how I look at it. You know, <laughs> this is true. I, I look at what I'm doing here as an investment. I mean, I'm never going to sell any of it, but I, I like protecting history, and then that's what this room here does, is protect sure. history, you know? No, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of those toys that you have are great. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when I can come over and play. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can look at them. Oh, no, I plan on playing. No, no. No, no. Now, I did, I, I, I did actually buy the new Ghostbusters stuff. I typically only buy the old vintage stuff, but I mm-hmm. did I did get the new Ecto one and the new characters. I've kept them in the box because they're so detailed. Okay. So I did get that stuff just because of my love for Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But so, everything else is old, <laughs> including you. Right. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks, guys, for hanging out. Episode fourteen. We're back. We're back in business. Uh, sorry it took so long, but things get in the way, and we and maybe we'll do. We, we're not going to announce anybody, but maybe we'll have a guest on episode fifteen. Oh, okay. I thought you were telling me I look fat or something. I mean, we we do get off topic every once in a while, you know, making fun of each other. But you're you're always going to have people that take it a step further. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you do with boring me each week.